This week's Winefellers is brought to you by the National Alliance of Wine Growers and Distributors. Have you had your two glasses of wine today? The Stool Stool, improving your bathroom posture since 2015. The Stool Stool, we're number two. And River of Life Lutheran Church. Sunday services come once a week. How often do you? Welcome to this week's episode of The Wine Fellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Fellers! The Wine Fellers, we got nothing to do except sit around here talking wine with you. Well, Joe had a bad day, got canned from the factory. Conspicuously brilliant episode of the Winefellers yet. You will hear from Joel Paglioni, inventor of the levitating cup, a drinking glass that seems to float in midair, thanks to the inner workings of an electromagnet and God, a segment you truly won't want to miss. That, an impromptu wine tasting as well as more wine fellers' own songwriting creations. All on this week's episode of The Wine Fellers. But first, it's a Wine Fellers Super Surprise Special Event! We're proud to present a happy precedent. A super segment, it's a Wine Fellers Special Event! Turn your radio up. Turn it off. Grab your wine cup. Go get it. Put on some makeup. Oh, yeah. It's a wine fellers. Special roundup. Cork your wine bottle. Feed your brothel. Brothel. Seal that glory hole. With Mark and Joe on cruise control. You've lost your wife and kiss to cancer. Your life is on skid. On skid. Got no reason to live. Let the wine fellers plant a blissful kiss. We're proud to present a happy president. A super segment. It's a wine fellers special event. All right, Joe. 
I'm Mark, so excited. <laughs> I can never fade out of this song because it's so happy. Oh, it's such a happy song because it's going to be such a happy radio show. This is going to be our best show yet. That's what you say every no, show, Mark. I don't. And if I did, it's untrue in the past. Today is actually the best show we'll ever have. I am confident of that because we have such a tremendous lineup later. And there's something, t- there's a twinkle in your eye today, Mark. There I is? can see it. Well, we're, <laughs> this will, I believe you today. Okay. Every other day I dismiss it. Okay. He always says this, but today I actually believe you. I, well, I think it's going to be true. It will be the best show ever. Later on, we're going to speak with Joe Peglioni. He's the inventor of the levitating cup. It's a cup that floats in midair. Magic. I don't know how he does it, but we're going to have know. him on. We're going to find out. I went over that earlier, Mark. What are we doing now? La- uh, that's later. Today. <laughs> <laughs> right now, we're going we're gonna to start off. Where we just opened a nice bottle of wine. Uh, I opened up a 1996 Bone uh, from Louis Latour, a great Chardonnay wine. I see that. It's drinking beautifully, and I just thought, uh, if you're playing along at home, you should open up yours. Now, we, we've opened this up uh, because we've got some special people on the show today. If you, if you joined us during last week's show, which of course you did, uh, we discussed an important article from The Local. It's a French publication specifically, they claim, created for Americans and other English speakers. The article discusses, and, and I think you went over all of them, Mark, uh, all 16 I don't know where they came up with that number, but 16, I guess it sounded like a good good number to them. Yes. 16 uh, important wine rules you need to know if you happen to be traveling to France. Uh, As well, I guess this is a bonus, as what you need uh, to avoid to make your French holiday a happy one. I kind of tore it up. Because uh, I, I just I didn't um, quite agree with, with what they were saying. So we have experts in here today. That's right. Now, during last week's show, we questioned the validity of these 16 wine rules yeah. based mostly on the fact that they didn't sit right with us, not based on any actual evidence or anything like that. But as a gesture of uh, the intellectual growth of the wine fellers, we decided to bring on the show two <laughs> intellectual growth. Well, maybe it's overstating. <laughs> the wine fellers? We're yeah. overstating it. Okay. But we're bringing, we brought on the show two real-life French individuals who will tell us their thoughts on the 16 wine rules. <laughs> now, I forgot to ask them uh, how much knowledge they happen to have about wine, but I think that shouldn't matter because it is my understanding that all French people know everything there is to know about wine. Mark, that's horrible. Uh, we have two guests in the Winefeller studio today. We have Florence Smith. She's a wine, a French native, born in Normandy. She came to the U.S. as an exchange student and studied at a business school in Portland, Oregon. She lived in the Deep South for many years prior to moving to Hillsboro with her husband and two boys. We also have uh, Jean-Francois Provost. He is also a French native born in Normandy, just 10 miles from the D-Day beaches. He met his American wife during a flight from Paris to Cameroon. He has lived in North Carolina for eight years and has three children. Florence, Jean-Francois, welcome to the Winefellers. Bonjour. Bonjour. Thank you for inviting us. <laughs> oh, we're so happy to have you on. And but thanks for the wine. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, that's what I'd like to just get into first, sure. Mark. Because anytime we have a segment on the show where we have the opportunity to drink, mm-hmm. I like to just start that 
first thing. Well, right. I mean, this wouldn't be a wine show if you don't drink wine. And what we have today, we're drinking uh, a Bone from Louis Latorch, a nice Chardonnay. It's a 1996 French wine. I love uh, French wine. It's my yeah. favorite French wine. And of French wine, my favorite is a Burgundy. And uh, when you're drinking a white Burgundy, you're usually drinking a Chardonnay uh, grape. And that's what we're drinking today. And this, this wine is wonderful. Uh, it has a kind of a, a vanilla taste to it. It's, a, it's, it's on the acidic end of wine. It kind of has this light golden color, maybe a little greenish tint, but maybe that's the green glass we're drinking out of. Sure. Who knows? <laughs> but <laughs> but it's, a, it's a really nice glass. And, and we, we would like to celebrate our our two guests by uh, sharing in the uh, the wine. Cheers, Cheers everybody! Santé. Cheers! <laughs> Santé! Santé! Mm. Mm. This is good. This is a good way to start off because mm. we're going to learn some stuff today, Joe. I really have a feeling. I think so. Now, when Mark uh, mentions these regions in France, are these all familiar to you, or or are these regions that you've never heard of before? Like, where was this one from, for for example, Mark? Well, this one is from Bone. It's okay, a, it's nice, a, yeah, it's nice. a small, it's like a town. That's right. So Bone is a, a beautiful, quaint little town in Burgundy. Mm-hmm. I um, I went there several times. I actually, uh, my best friend uh, used to have a winery in that region, and nice. uh, for my uh, wedding, she gave me two hundred bottles Whoa. of Burgundy wine. Oh wow, that's a nice friend, man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> how could she we'll, be my friend? <laughs> we'll get her uh, Facebook information later. Yes. we can friend her, and maybe uh, maybe when we have a special event, we can get a few and, uh, cases here. <laughs> there is auction no, in Bonn, I think. That's right. Every exactly. year, that's right. every, every year. year. Famous, uh, auction. Have you been to that uh, no, wine auction? No. Yeah, yeah. So it's, that's right. There's a, there's a big wine auction that happens in Bonn every year. So, oh, nice. so we have, uh, we read this article last week that talks about 16 rules from a publication in France that uh, discusses, um, you know, if you're traveling to France, what you need to know wine-wise, and we know that you are not necessarily wine experts. We get that. But we want to we know what your feelings are about these rules. So should we get into the rules, Joe? So well, ju- just 16 rules. Is, yeah. <laughs> should there be more? That's what we thought. We thought there should be like 80 rules. Well, before we Because jump, I think Americans kind of get a rap of we don't know what we're doing when we go to France, which is probably true. Mark wants to see see what's happening here. What? He has a glass of wine in front of him. Yes. I've had two sips, and he wants to get right down to business. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead and you drink know, your wine, <laughs> Mark, when we're drinking a, a wine like this, uh-huh. uh, what... What food comes to mind? What would you serve with this? Well, when I'm drinking this kind of wine, especially the Chardonnay or this uh, taste profile, I would love to drink this with probably my favorite. My favorite food in the world is raw oysters, and I would probably drink this with a raw oyster. That would be a, a delicious combination. No, Our guest, uh, yeah, Jean Fran- Jean Francois, is well, shaking his head. We, we, I used to drink. Um, white wine from the Loire River. You drink that with the uh, oyster, not. Uh, this okay. region with oyster. Good. This one, uh, I don't know, foie gras maybe. Mm. What do you think? I uh, will prefer something sweeter with foie gras. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This one is n- is not on the sweet side, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, right. but it's a very very nice uh, mm-hmm. wine. Well, very good. Mm. So yeah, no, you're right. So the the first rule is <laughs> when we're drinking, <laughs> Mark. This is but this is why we brought them on the show. We need to discuss this, Joe. It is. I I um what we mentioned food. We did. Okay. And um I did want 
you know, while we have a chance to finish our, our glasses. Yes. And then pour. Do we have another bottle, Mark, we can open? Nope. <laughs> hey, what? you got a whole box behind you. That was the backup wine, Joe. Oh, perfect. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get I'll into the backup wine. Yes, we'll get the backup so, wine. So while, uh, while we just uh, comfortably settle in here, you won't want to miss the 16 rules. Since we're talking about food, Mark. That's right. I thought I would play another special song just to break it up. Okay, let's do that. And uh, and we'll be right back. You won't want to miss it. You're listening to the Wine Fellers. Get ready for some awesome business coming your way. Chicken themed, and we're—I think we're ready to go. <laughs> Mark's Mark's a good guy. He puts up with a lot of, of stuff for me. Uh, number one, uh, he uh, he he doesn't mind when I interject and just uh, in order to, to drink more. That's he, right. He also is so kind to point out when uh, I am completely. Uh, operating the board incorrectly no the the board it was operated correctly we um <laughs> i just failed to push the button well i wasn't mike but that's okay <laughs> the, the wine feller the wine feller that's good it's all, right. all good we're on to the 16 rules we're on the 16 rules we've got uh florence and jean francois that's right and we're going to put these 16 rules to the test so the publication uh the local says these are 16 rules that if you're traveling to france americans should know uh so you don't look foolish when you're traveling around uh, holding your glass of wine now the first <laughs> rule is number one don't drink red wine without a meal does mm -hmm. that make sense yeah yes yeah. i will say in general wow. and there's actually a joke um, that I would like to share with you. Please. Okay. Do. How do you recognize an American at a cafe? <laughs> oh, boy. 
<laughs> I, I might have heard this, but I'm not sure. But let's find how out. Do how do you recognize you? an American at a how cafe? Do you, how do you recognize? <laughs> because he's drinking red wine. Oh. <laughs> oh. So yeah, oh, so boy. I didn't realize that's a real thing. So so that, so why don't why don't French drink red wine without any food? Just a nice glass of red wine. Why would that be? All right. In France we pair uh wine with mm. meals, okay? Mm, yeah. And I'm red wine cheese. Oh yes, with yes, cheese definitely, yeah. which is one of the you know w- one course in a dinner. Mm. So red wine is mostly, um, you drink red wine with red meat, with cheese. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else, uh, Jean-Francois? Pretty much it. So maybe we should describe uh, uh, what is a meal, like a friend meal. Uh Not former, but uh, the structure of a French meal. So you have aperitif, which is... uh, the alcohol before uh, before the meal before the meal that's right so you can have uh, what champagne uh, liqueur Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. that's pastis that's right right. and so when you ask about you know red wine what do french people drink Mm -hmm. you know outside meals they usually drink um i would say some champagne, Mm -hmm. okay? But there is a very well-known cocktail that most French people know and drink, especially in the north of France. It's called Kir, Mm -hmm. okay? And Kir is white wine with some liqueur, okay? My favorite liqueur is black uh, black currant liqueur, which Mm -hmm. is delicious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want with champagne, we call it Kir Royal. Wow. Okay. That's even better. It's even better. And that's the kind <laughs> of drink or, you know, aperitif you will drink uh, before a meal. Yeah. Then So no wine. wine at this point. Okay. N- sure. No well, it's wine. It's white wine basically. Yeah, yeah, okay. Except except but the no. cure, but uh, I mean uh, usually you you have uh, like mar- mar- martini, muscat, this kind of uh, Aperitif, we call it. That's right, yeah. like a sweet wine, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. So then you have the starter. Starter, depending on what you have, let's say you have uh, fish or uh, seafood, you're going to have what, white wine. With, right, so, you yeah. next, so basically the, the general, the big rule is white wine with fish or seafood. Fish, That's seafood, right. or Slim Jim. Or dessert, uh. for example, the uh, um, Alsace uh, white wine, like Gewurztraminer, I don't know if you... Uh, Gewürztraminer, Riesling. Riesling, Riesling. yes. Yeah. That's oh, so right. that's oh, good yes, with, yes, yes, with yes. cake. Gewürztraminer, yes. I got you now. Yeah, because that's dry sweet. Well, that, that's... Now, and so yeah. then after the starter, you have the, the main course. Mm-hmm. So let's say meat. And that's when the red wine comes. That's yes. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, that's very interesting because, yeah. you know, that's something that there was a rule. And we were questioning that rule. So that's something that we learned today. So basically, we don't drink red wine with fish. Sure. And we don't drink white wine with meat. Well, that was another rule. Yeah. They said, uh, which, you know, uh, we think that we knew this, that you have to, uh, when you're drinking a, a red wine, it should be red meat uh, that you're pairing with it. And uh, mm-hmm. we think we knew uh, that one before, but uh, not everyone uh, knows that rule. But it depends on the sauce you use for your fish. In fact, Ooh. you could use a 
Burgundy wine, yes. light, will go very well with fish. So it's not always red wine mm. necessarily um, with fish, but uh, you can go with a lighter wine yes. uh, as well. But the point is, you need you need something to go with the red wine. You would not drink you just no, red. You wouldn't wine. drink it by no. itself. No. That's so, right. Yeah. So, wow. Uh, so that's true. Okay, See, I true. thought, well, when we, Mark and I were talking about these rules earlier, I kind of put some, some of my own uh, thoughts next to them as to if they were true or not. And this one I said was ridiculous, <laughs> but now I understand it to be true. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fascinating. That's great. Now, in the interest of time, we're not going to get to all 16 rules, but we're going to get to the best. We're going to pick out the, the best most ones important here. ones. Mm-hmm. So the next, the next rule is... Don't bring wine to a French dinner party. Interesting. Yes. I, um, in general, I would prefer bringing a nice arrangement of flowers. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm. That is usually preferred. And as well... But, some why, not, but why not wine? Because you don't know the, 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 the menu. meal. You and don't again, what, don't forget, uh, yeah. in France, we pair wine with uh, the meal. Sure. If, you do not kn- if you do not know the meal, then you should not bring wine. Uh, Let's say you bring red wine, or all the meal is based on fish. Yes. That's right. Oh, it, it could be awkward Ouch. because the, the host <laughs> may right. want to uh, feel like they need to open the wine you brought. Right, but, but it doesn't, doesn't go, doesn't go it with It makes anything. their food taste worse. I get you. Okay, it makes sense. Wow. Now, Fla- see, flowers, though, that's a great idea. Yes, and chocolate, yes. fine oh. dark chocolate will go very well, <laughs> especially after dessert. Or, uh, <laughs> or champagne. I would bring a champagne. Yes. Champagne, yes. Oh, champagne yes, it's true. Neutral, yes, it's neutral. It, yeah. That's true. So you could you bring that. You can bring it for the dessert or... Or you can have it for the, the aperitif. So, That's right. Yeah. Exactly. That's a very good uh, suggestion. So flowers for the lady, the hostess, and the champagne for the host. Well, yeah. so very sexist, beautiful. but... That, that, <laughs> so that brings us to the next rule. I'm glad you brought that up. So another rule, they say, is especially if you are a female, especially if you're a female, okay, I'm out. don't <laughs> pour your own wine at a dinner party. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, that is correct. It's uh, considered ru- uh, rude. In mm-hmm. fact, um, but I will say even men are not supposed to help themselves at a dinner party. Uh, what happens is the host yeah. is, is in charge, yeah. is in charge which of was a, which was serving. Rule, by the way. Yeah. You know, um, filling, filling just uh, the glasses. Mm-hmm. Now, if the host doesn't do a very good job. Okay, you could uh, compliment the host um, <laughs> with the wine he offered. Oh, your wine is excellent. While you're waving your empty glass at them. Or your hostess you is going to say, honey, You don't have That's not very subtle. But um, if you want to be subtle, you can just actually compliment the host. And then at this point, he will notice your empty glass and will serve you more wine. But what if they don't? But, well, uh, what do you do next? So then most you of just the time you, you're going to hear us in, at what point the hostess saying, honey, I think our guest's uh, glasses are empty. Yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, if nobody, none of, uh, of them uh, noticed, you just, well, you, just you, you wait. You leave. Well, you wait. But usually that doesn't, <laughs> I, I don't think it has ever happened no. to me. Neither. Yes. Mm-hmm. Usually the host and host, uh, hostess mm-hmm. basically will 
make sure your mm. glass is filled. Well, that's that's fascinating. Now, and that's a wonderful see the the stories of these you know social traditions in France just fill me with a very warm good feeling. Like I want to go there <laughs> and just be taken care of by these hosts and hostesses. Well, that's right. I mean, that's part of the fun of going to the to the uh, to a party is not lifting a finger. Well, right, but here in America, you'll go to many parties here. Yes, where it's like. Help yourself. People pour their or, own wine all the time. Or like, I'll find people in my wine cellar. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll, they'll and yeah, they're like going through your stuff, and so so that's it, not the French way, you say. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I like, I like, I like what I'm hearing. But but the 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 downside of it is that you you have to. So the difference I, I noticed from uh, the, the American way of drinking is to gulp. <laughs> yes. That's, to drink yeah. a little bit too fast. Yeah. That's not the French way. No, we no. sip little by little, and com- right. but consta- constantly. So uh, mm-hmm. that's why <laughs> I saw uh, American people getting drunk very fast uh. when uh, I or France could drink uh, even more, but uh, constantly during the, the whole uh, dinner. Also, one thing that I wanted to add, we talked about the different courses, okay? Yes. Mm -hmm. But we didn't talk about the time of a a meal. Okay. I mean, in France, it's not unusual (laughs) to stay at a table during a dinner party for four, five, six hours. That's my kind of dinner. Not me, Joe. I, I don't know. I mean, I am an antsy person. If I'm sitting in one place, it takes everything I can do to do this hour show and sit in one spot. To this day, I am the last one at the table, whether I'm eating with my parents or my family. Everyone just wants to get on to the next thing, yes. and I'm just savoring it, and I wish they would come back and join me, but, but then it's it's not the same if you force them to sure. sit there with you. Well, it sounds like France is the place for you. I'm there, man. <laughs> Well, You're that, welcome to go. Thank you. <laughs> well, very you. nice. We're going well, to keep you See, to that. See, that's an official invitation right there. <laughs> now, another rule is, is that if you want some more wine, you have to finish your glass first. No one wants to pour you more wine on top of the wine you already have. Yeah, well, that makes mm. sense. Does it's, it? But it's kind of like that here, too, Mark. Mm, okay. Well, I mean, don't you think? Uh, well, remember, you, you're going to have several wines. So let's say... Um, Everybody's done with the entree, and you still have your white wine. Mm-hmm. And then we change the, the the main. We go to the main course, and right. it's all of a sudden red wine. So you're gonna have a full glass of wine, which is not, uh, which doesn't fit with the the, the 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 plate. Now, will you change out the glasses, or you have someone use the no, same? No, we glass? we have uh, different glasses. That's right. Okay. You can have up to five glasses, mm-hmm. in fact. Right. For each person on the table. <laughs> That's my kind of meal. That's for, right. And those are shape. only for wine. No, or, or the biggest is for, for water. In water. Sure. That's right. And they have different shapes as well. I love that. Yes. And you use a specific glass for a specific type of wine. Absolutely. Now, another rule. Don't fill your wine glass to the brim. That's, it seems to be that would be very rude. Well, that's here the same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's. Uh, I mean, basically, it's not very well perceived. No. In France, differently, sure. and also in the U.S., that means uh, seems it, more fun. It, well, I guess, but. Um, <laughs> 
Have you seen the wine glasses that they they boast that we we make glasses so big it fits an entire bottle of wine in the glass. <laughs> so that would not be considered I love a good thing to do but in France. Mark in America, I, more is better. See? Mark so. and I were at an event. It was a, uh, I wouldn't call it a wine tasting event, but they had wine there that they were serving yes. the, the patrons of this um, uh-huh. of this business. I remember. And, uh, and Mark and I happened to look out in the crowd mm-hmm. and saw someone so very carefully walking along <laughs> while holding their wine glass and the wine was literally filled to the absolute brim. To the brim and <laughs> there was one of those little coffee straws there was a twizzler on the table in the in so, the wine as so well. they could drink it and mark's like well that's odd and then he looks again and now there's another person with the same problem. Yes. Well, it turns out the individual who was pouring the who wine. was pouring the wine had never poured wine before. And this person was pouring wine for everyone like that. Well, <laughs> and so a bottle a bottle would last like, like three or four like people. Three glasses and that was it. And so that that was a little surprising. But you know what's funny? We stood and we watched and we were like how long can, will this go on? Yeah. And the host realized, oh my goodness, this is bad. There's <laughs> like eight working. people walking around like can't, we're, we're gonna run out of we're gonna wine. run out of wine in about thirty <laughs> yeah. seconds. And so so we saw the host go to the person in charge of the wine and say, uh, look, you know, just pour it, you know, up to here. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that's what they started doing. And then the people in line were like, hey. They started complaining because <laughs> they didn't get their full wine glass or their Twizzler. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so uh, I think we can all agree that you don't fill your wine glass all the way. Yes. Well, that's not something that crosses cultures. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we've just become one. No. <laughs> there is, you know, there's, well, look, there are lots of rules on this list yes. that we can all agree on. Yes. Pick one, Mark, that maybe we wouldn't. Sure. Uh, I think Americans would disagree with French on this rule, probably. Uh, don't put ice in your wine. Mm. Um, <laughs> of course <what>? not. <laughs> no, no ice. <laughs> it is, yes. Uh, this is, uh, you don't want to water your wine, you know, down. No. I agree with you, Flo. But I'm just wondering, you know, uh, I think many Americans might think it's a hot summer day. Why not add a little bit of ice so I can, you know, feel more, feel cooler, I can mow my lawn faster, whatever, you know? But there's solution to that. Yes? Yes. What's the solution? Well, I do have at home several reusable uh, ice cubes. Oh, they cool down. They cool down. They don't melt. But they don't melt. You mean like those ice freezer bags you put in an Mm -hmm. igloo? Just stick that in your glass? Yeah, I mean, they, uh, well, they're, no, they, they Mark, like... It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know it's about that. It's much nicer than that. Just put your f- bag of frozen peas. It's, it's <laughs> like... A, it's, yeah. it's like um, I don't know. The, the ones I have, I just... Uh, the, uh, are they like stones almost? They're not stones. I don't like those very uh, very much because they don't seem to stay cold long enough. Uh, sure. But sure. the ones I like the best are the plastic ones with water inside. Nice. Uh, okay? I haven't seen those. Yes. No, I haven't seen those either. But if it's really hot, hot day in France, you're gonna drink uh, rosé. Yes, that's and right. You're gonna uh. put the b- bottle in the fridge, in the fridge for the, the whole day before you drink it. So rosé can be drink 
uh, cold temperature. Mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely. All the wines, I uh, would say, going to kill the taste. No, and, yeah. no, you definitely don't do it with any other no. wines, but a rosé, uh, which is, you know, blush wine. And you mostly drink this during, summer. you know, summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, summertime. With and I've, I've uh, well, I've learned that a lot of the flavor of wine and beer for that matter comes from the the water content the flavor of the water and in wine of course it comes up through the through the plant right but when you're adding water into an existing wine you're not only diluting it mm. but adding whatever flavors come along with mm. that water yes and they are they're there they're it's subtle. not what the winemaker intended so uh so I, I, I believe the French on this, and I think I'm going to agree with them. But but this, okay, here's a rule that I think the French and Americans will uh, disagree about. We're so agreeable, Mark. This is going to be difficult. <laughs> but I'm trying to find one that we're going to disagree okay, with. I think, all right. So uh, the rule number 13 here is don't get too drunk. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, we'll disagree on that one. Oh, yeah, especially sure. with wine. That, what a shame. Americans, right, yeah, uh, it's yeah. a waste. It's a waste, right? Especially when you drink an excellent wine. I mean, you want to sip it yeah. and take your time, enjoy it, have nice company. <laughs> so I think Americans might disagree with you because, you know, we have like a wine in a box market where, you know, that kind of, uh, it, it sort of addresses a need. And I don't think, you in France probably have that as much as we do. So first, remember, we sip, we don't <laughs> gulp. Yes. <laughs> so drink too fast. It helps to not get drunk too fast. So second, I think the trend now in France is to drink less, but better quality of wine. I'm with you there. And, uh, Absolutely. So, of course, doesn't mean that the French are never drunk. Uh, mm. The living proof that it's... Uh, wrong <laughs> but uh, if I, it, it happened uh, but um, yeah uh, and also a meal so you're talking the context is a meal uh, we are here to talk to rebuild the world uh, as we say and so if you get drunk you're gonna slur and um, the conversation won't be agreeable and you probably won't be invited in, in <laughs> again, <laughs> again. <laughs> definitely but there's one thing that you um, may want to be aware especially Please. if uh, you go to France and you drink too much don't drive Right. Okay. Yes, I think and we have that rule here. Yes, you really? do. You do. <laughs> but I think but it's a the little li- looser here. But the alcohol limit is a lot stricter in France. Is it? In fact, it is uh, 0.05 BAC, mm-hmm. which is the blood alcohol wow. content. Yep. You can okay? get that from just smelling Which is wine. 0.08 <laughs> in the U.S. That's and right. that is equivalent to no more than two glasses of wine. Yeah. Uh, for, on, for an average person. Uh, not the kind of glasses you were talking about, uh, the, the big ones. No. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Normal size glasses. Regular yes. size glasses. And not to I the top. To yeah, I mean, and, and so is, is uh, here we call it drunk driving. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the same term there, but mm-hmm. uh, driving while drunk, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so. Oh, uh, I, no, they call <laughs> it the driving challenge. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, uh, are th- is uh, driving while under the influence of alcohol a big problem in France? More and more, yeah. Is yes, right? it is. Yeah. It is. In mm. fact, uh, I believe uh, President Sarkozy, who mm. used to be the president before of, before Fran- François Hollande, um, just decided to um, uh, reduce the amount of people uh, killed every year. And it uh, was under a the pretty infra- good success. And it's, uh, nice. it's about a thousand people 
a thousand yeah people saved uh, through this campaign. Mm. So well, we it can't is, argue against that. That sounds like a really good thing. Mm. Flo, Jean-Francois, it's been an pl- absolute pleasure having you on the show. Oh, you Mark, guys I don't want it to end. I know, we have to. We have so much more to get to. <laughs> you guys are wonderful. Promise that you'll come back on the show and we'll discuss more about uh, French culture and wine. Definitely. Uh, we'd be happy to do that, yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, especially guys. Li- especially if you serve us some good yeah. wine. <laughs> Let's do it, Mark. Done. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You guys, he has, to, he has to call and stuff like that. But thank you. Thank you. If you want to, I mean, you're in fruit. But you can drink your wine or whatever you want to do. Listening to the Winefellers. Joel Peglioni was born and raised in Ontario, Canada. He attended the University of Windsor, graduating with a Bachelor of Science Honors degree in Industrial Engineering, 
He went on to graduate with a Master's of Business Administration from the Odette School of Business. Paglioni founded several companies, including the Magnetie, the world's first reversible magnetic necktie that eliminates the need for the loop on the bag. He most recently was hired by Sears and Kmart to help them reevaluate their business processes and financial strategies. A more recent venture Paglioni has been working on is the Levitating Cup. The Levitating Cup, which works via a system of magnets and an electrical field, features a metallic base that allows the cup to float above the table at zero gravity forever. Joel Paglioni, welcome to this episode of The Winefellers. Hey, Joel. Hey, Joel. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. It's so great to yeah. have you on the show. So uh, I saw your uh, your uh, cup on uh, Kickstarter, and uh, we discussed it last week, and we just we had to have you on the show. <laughs> we were blown away, honestly. Yeah, that, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what this does to improve the taste of your drink, but this makes it pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So oh, definitely. So for those people who are just tuning in, this is The Winefellers, uh, and Explain to our audience what this device does. Well, for those who are looking to really impress their guests, or if you're a restaurant owner looking to up your beverage program's game, this is the product for you. Basically, it, uh, it uses electromagnetic suspension uh, as a new, fairly new technology, basically, to levitate the cup. Um, so we've got four different cup styles and multiple color bases, and it's available in wired and wireless. So it's... Uh, it's really a spectacle to see. Now, we can't wait, Joel, because Mark actually uh, placed an order for one. I did. Uh, earlier. And um, uh, we just can't wait to see it in action. We've seen the videos of it. But can you know, since we, we don't have one here yet, can you explain the feelings that come along with drinking from a levitating glass? Well, it's, it's simply shock. You know, at the beginning, when it, whenever you see this, uh, for the first time ever, really, you're blown away, and you're wondering, you know, is this a magic trick? Is this uh, where's where's the string, right? Um, but but really, it's it's uh, it's a matter of of making and you know, drinking fun again, and really impressing people at home, and and having fun with uh, with not only your plating and whatever you're serving, but also with your drinkware. Now, I like that. I like that. I do too. And we like this innov- innovation. We like that this is uh, coming along, and uh, so. Uh, one issue I have with the uh, levitating cup. No, oh, Mark. No, and, and this is serious because I'm in the wine trade, the wine ah, business. Sure. Is that uh, I really wish you had a wine, a dedicated wine glass. Ah. You have uh, maybe it's because you have a stem on a glass and it makes it difficult to levitate. Uh, but that that's the only thing that I I, I have a question about. Is, is that something on the uh, on the docket? You're you're absolutely right. You know that's a, that's a common question we're we're getting lately on our Kickstarter. I think the uh, yeah, definitely the issue is the is the height of a of a standard wine glass. We did experiment, um, but we decided after testing it it wasn't worth um, offering it. But we did offer a stemless version, so there's a stemless wine glass option. Nice. Uh, now when when could, now before I, I start asking, oh my my mind is racing here. I've got so many questions about the possibilities here. Can you give a maybe just a a brief explanation for the for the listeners of how basically this magic works it's essentially without getting too nerdy i guess um high level it's it's essentially electromagnetic suspension 
There's a similar uh, technology called quantum locking. A lot of people confuse elect- electromagnetic suspension with, uh, but quantum locking requires uh, a, a extreme cooling system. So it's it's not possible to do in a miniature sense. Um, but with electromagnetic suspension, it's very possible to miniaturize this. This technology is fairly new. Probably just over the past few years, this has become, um, it's gotten down to a price point where it's affordable to consumerize it, which is what we're doing, bringing it to market to the, the general person who, who can afford something like this. So it uses electromagnetic suspension, basically magnets that are spinning so fast it becomes mono, monopolar. Oh. So it has one polarity. And uh, that, that creates a north pole, and the magnet's uh, south pole is, is actually repelling from the magnets that are within the base, essentially. Oh, that's fascinating. So I've seen this done before, but usually it's done with nitrogen. Well, like, uh, yeah, yeah. with the quant- you called it quantum lock, where you get that superconductor cool enough to, to do its thing with a magnet. But I'm not really familiar with how exactly. I've seen it work without super cooling now this is so interesting so are you telling me that that inside of your device am i understanding that there's a spinning magnet well it's electro it's a it's a magnetic field that we're creating uh uh, through through the electrons inside it's kind of creating uh, the motion of a spinning electron so it is like magnetizing something so fast and spinning it so fast that it becomes monopolar but I don't. I don't uh, pretend to be an expert in, in the, <laughs> the uh, engineering behind the the technology inside. But it's definitely something that uh, we're leveraging now, um, and we're happy to do that and, and really create something really fresh and new in the marketplace. That is so cool. And, and to be clear, this technology is around now. I mean, we use something like this, and not maybe not in this country, but in Japan, like uh, levitating trains. Yeah, but it sounds like we're doing something extra special here is that so yeah i think so with the with the rotation of this thing you know the uh the uh magnets right mm-hmm. i who, who what what kind of kid doesn't just love magnets right so i grew up with magnets i had a whole bag full of magnets mark and they were our fascinating things and you know you even try and build a little levitating train when you're a kid right but it never worked all right. <laughs> well, it appears it, it appears that our guest also shares a fascination with magnets because before uh, this endeavor, he invented the magnetic tie. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, let's let's just back up here, Mark. Joel, when Mark was talking about the um, the levitating cup, he he gave me the uh, script to read while you were coming on, and yeah, it, it's like it turns out that you actually are really a fan and skilled with magnets because <laughs> we've got this awesome uh, tie as well that uses magnetic uh, technology or just magnets, I guess. And I think it's just kind of cool. Are there any... Well, uh, what, what is the magnetic tie that we're... So our listeners will know when we uh, ask... Uh, the, mag- the magnet tie. The, the, the magnet tie essentially is... Uh, it actually started with trying to create uh, a tie that works for tall people. I think that's where it really started out. And uh, a lot of tall people uh, have a hard time finding extra long ties um, such that their tie tail can fit to the loop once they're done tying it. That, that essentially was the problem statement. And what that turned into is we created a, uh, a necktie that has small neodymium magnets that are built within or stitched within the tie um, that allowed the tie tail to always fit nicely and neatly behind the tie, no matter how long the tie was or how tall you were. That was the idea. And then that turned into, well, if you if you don't require a tie loop on the back of the tie, 
then why isn't the tie reversible? Now you can make a two-sided tie, and that's where it ended up evolving into um, what became the world's first reversible necktie and that um, we did pretty good with, and it was uh, my first my first product launch, essentially. Uh, yeah, I, and I saw that, and, and it hit me when it was the fact that you're using these uh, magnets in it to make it reversible. Uh, I just really, I was impressed. That was a really, really cool idea. But, uh, you know, Mark um, and Joel, I want to talk a little more about the levitating cup. You said that it comes in wireless and wired versions. Now, as you're building something like this, especially when you take anything into a wireless configuration, uh, in a technology, uh, in the technology arena, there are going to be crazy challenges, battery life, um, and, and communication. And what kind of, was it difficult to take the wired version of the levitating cup and turn it into a wireless, uh, version as well? Yeah, absolutely. That was the biggest hurdle was going from wired to wireless and making it reliable. Um, and making it as small as possible so that it makes sense to be able to ship it and to uh, bring it down to a cost point that makes sense. So um, that was definitely the engineering uh, hurdle that we had to get through, and it was uh, it was a matter of prototyping and, and iteration and over and over testing. And so uh, we've got a great manufacturing partner overseas uh, in China that's got us to this point, and uh, we're very proud of what we're what we're able to do right now. So with the Kickstarter funding, we'll only be able to get better and, and produce them at a volume that uh, allow us to reduce the cost and make it practical for people. Uh, that's great. You mentioned, of course, Kickstarter again. And, and Mark pointed out that your product is one that you can, it's a technology that is actually there. And that is so, well, it can be rare in Kickstarter campaigns right. where you find promises being made on technology that doesn't even exist. I mean, the videos don't look real. You have to go check this out. I mean, look, I mean it's a cup that's actually levitating. And, well, so and in this case, this Kickstarter for the levitating cup, it is real. And the technology does exist, and mm-hmm. it finally you know, got got affordable enough to do cool things like this with it. But um, could you speak for a moment on the experience with Kickstarter? Because Mark and I have have heard mixed uh, reviews, not from necessarily folks who go to use it, but from the you know the backers of these projects. Were there you know any surprises or any anything you'd like to share with the entire experience of? kickstarting this thing online you know kickstarter is definitely uh i think one of the best tools for young entrepreneurs or startups not even young maybe you're you're an established company looking to release a new product it's absolutely uh one of the best tools out there and i was actually sitting in on a seminar about three months ago and i met one of the, the founders of kickstarter and i said you know thank you for really bringing the maker movement uh to the forefront and allowing people like me and others who are innovators at heart and want to be able to have a platform to get our products out there before we don't have the big investments, um, you know, out there. And so that 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 is definitely something that I've uh, I, I speak very highly of. It's something that you have to master. It's not something you want to do, uh, not fully informed and not knowing what you are doing because you really have one chance at it. Um, but I feel like we've uh, done enough of these now that um, you know there we've got it down pat. For it's nice. Part. So, you know, I, I love the, the, the levitating cup, and uh, I think it would be cool if you could also have the levitating placemat and then the, lev- levitating, uh, <laughs> the, lev- the, the levitating plate that goes on the levitating placemat, and you could have your whole dinner levitating. Is that something we could do, or is the, is the technology just not there yet? 
Yeah, you're touching on you know so many things that this could expand into. This is just you know scratching the surface, and that's what that's the the beauty of uh, of things like Kickstarter and my product is that you get to see the technology at the at the beginning stages, and that's what this is. So um, really, yeah, the sky's the limit. We 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 have uh, restaurants like uh, Alinea out there in Aviary in Chicago, my hometown, who are doing really cool and fun things with cocktail preparation and, and mixology. Um, molecular gastronomy restaurants out there, Michelin restaurants that are able to do uh, things that'll blow your mind. You know, so this is the beginning of that. I think uh-huh. that um, you know, as simple as it sounds, a floating cup. I think that it could expand into many other things like floating pillows and floating plates, and, and really just create a wow experience uh, beyond the plate. Again, a that's floating that's pillow. That sounds yeah. so comfortable. Well, I think he he shows a picture of a floating pillow on his Kickstarter website. If I am correct, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and that that could be when I say pillow, it's a miniature pillow for jewelry, for your automatic watch. Oh, it's not a big pillow. Wind. I see. And for presenting, you know, sushi and small small bites at uh, high end restaurants. So, if you're just joining the Winefellers, we're talking with Joel. He is uh, he started a company called Levitating Cup, and he's invented a cup that actually levitates. It just really does levitate from electromagnets. And when you look at it, the, vi- the videos online on Kickstarter, it's pretty amazing. And I really did. I'm not kidding. I ordered one. Yeah, I just, yeah. I was. I'm in the biz I where I really think cool. this would be a really uh, neat thing to have. And it, and he's uh, uh, Joel's at thirty five thousand out of fifty thousand uh, dollars on his Kickstarter with eighteen days to go. And uh, so uh, it, uh, go, once, go once there get, and give back this because we, the world needs it. So once I get the uh, cup, I think it'll it's uh, due to be sent on, in October, maybe. Yeah. Are you already producing these things? We've got the manufacturing on standby ready to kick off. So we awesome. just need the tooling funding. Yep. We're ready to go. That's fantastic. Now, I'd imagine that, that you, though, you probably have like a number of. Uh, the kind of the I guess the predecessors, the creations you made to get to this point, um, like uh, you know in the mo- uh, not to, I, I don't know why this came to my mind, but like in the movie Iron Man, right, where he builds his first suit and it's kind of clunky, right, but then in the end he's got this sleek red awesome suit does everything. Do you have like first generation versions kind of floating around your house that that you'll use like on the coffee table or like the wine the wine glass exploded up to the ceiling or <laughs> <laughs> yeah we do we definitely have one of the first uh, prototypes and we've and that's uh one of the one of the the um i guess tips i would say for anyone listening out there who's an entrepreneur is to get your family and friends to try it first and really work out the the you know the glitches and the, the kinks so that you're ready to go uh, prime time um, so that's what we've done. We've got definitely some stories of some fun, um, you know, spilled uh, glasses here and there, but um, it's all in fun and getting to us, uh, getting to this point so far. I hear you. How, how much weight does uh, will this support? I mean, I assume that I can't stand on the base and it's going to levitate me. Is that correct, <laughs> Mark? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's about three hundred grams right right now, but we're going to advance the technology to get it even even um, able to carry even more weight. That's so cool. Are these like advances that you'll be able to uh, push out to the existing devices? Like, is there a computer inside of these things that you can tell it as time goes on to more intelligently control the electromagnetics it has in the device? A couple things I'll hit on. The first thing is what we're going to end up being able to do is, well, for the first time ever, this is the first wireless electromagnetic suspension device. So, this is something that if we were not to do a floating cup at all, 
this is a very cool innovation to be able to get to this point. We are the first ever wireless portable electromagnetic suspension device. So you could float anything. And there's things out there like floating plants um, that did very well on Kickstarter. Not to uh, send a shout-out to, to them, but that plant is using a wired base. No one has ever been able to do it with wireless. We're the first to do that. So that's the first thing. That is cool. The second thing is we can mount these under table surfaces. So if the magnetics get strong enough, which is what we're planning to do, we can get them to go through concrete. So that means that <laughs> we can have them literally retrofitted into bar tops and other things to uh, hide the base, but then levitate something on top and really shock your, your uh, customers. We've got some that are, we've got a haunted house bar that we've set up to do a, a hidden camera prank where the, the glass actually runs away from the patron who wants to grab their beer and it runs down the bar and comes back to them. <laughs> well, Joel, I love it. See, that's that's I always look for the way I can use a new technology to prank someone. That's right. And that's that's, <laughs> that's where you know you've made it. it. Joel Peglioni, thank you so much for being on our show. Promise you'll come on our show again once I have uh, your product in hand because I really did order it today and I'm excited when I receive it. Uh, we'd be we'd love to have you. I'd love to come back. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. We'll take care. Bye now. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is, is that the fun can continue online. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. Songs that we sung when the dark days come Are the songs that we sung when we chased them away If I ever found a pot of gold I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye Cause I sang songs, spun stories, love, laughed and drank wine Tomorrow is another
आते हैं 